You are listening to the podcast of the Y Church of the Elk River YMCA in Minnesota. Our mission is to seek Jesus, connect together, and share his love. Well, we're going to turn to scripture now, and I invite you to find us in Matthew's gospel this morning. During the season of Lent, we're studying prayer in the Bible and traveling around. Last week, we were in Nehemiah, and this morning, we're in Matthew 6 for a familiar prayer. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Thank you, Greg. Well, we're privileged today to have, I'm sure last time they were with us, I probably used the same phrase, but in the book of Acts, you have this ministry couple named Priscilla and Aquila, and that's who I think of when I think of our friends Nijar and Niraj, and they serve here in the Twin Cities, but they serve globally. They are from the northern region of India, and they are missionaries with World Mission Prayer League, and yet based right here in Minneapolis-St. Paul. So they've been with us before. We're so excited to have them sharing on prayer today and teaching on the Lord's Prayer. And so we're going to start with Niraj is going to share first, and then we'll be joined by Nijar in just a couple of moments. What a wonderful privilege for us to be with you, and we praise God for giving us this opportunity to be with you in worship our living and loving God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. My name is Neeraj, and I serve as regional director for India and Nepal of uh, an organization called World Mission Prayer League. You have the logo on the front and stands for World Mission Prayer League. It is a Lutheran mission organization based on prayer. This is our whole calling to pray. We are a league of prayer warriors coming together to pray. And so we thank you, Pastor Bowen, for uh, calling our attention to prayer this whole month. And thank you for praying. And in World Mission Prayer League, we believe prayer works. In fact, we have undertaken a task to pray for the world, to change the world, because we believe that prayer is power, power even to change the world. So we Pray for the world so that the gospel will be preached to the ends of the earth and uh, people will be transformed for God's glory and for God's glorious kingdom. And it is happening. It is happening around the world. The power of God in prayer is changing people's lives. We especially pray for unreached people group. Those people group those who have not heard the gospel even today, or they have very limited access to the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I am the result of uh, the power of prayer in India. India is being changed by the power of prayer. And just last week we heard that it has shaken the power that be in India. As in one of the states in India, they have banned prayer in that region. Healing prayer, because Jesus is showing up in the power of healing 
changing people's lives. And people are turning to Jesus as his followers. And government is a little bit not sure what to do, so they have banned. I encourage you to continue to pray uh, for God's world. I would invite you to join us in World Mission Prayer League to pray. We gather to pray online every third Tuesday to pray for the world so that gospel will be proclaimed and uh, lives will be transformed and God's glory will be increased. Thank you again for inviting us today. May God bless you all. Good morning. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, and abiding Holy Spirit that breathes in us, lives in us, and abides in us. Seeing you this morning is a confirmation that God is alive. The spirit is moving, and you and I, we are breathing the fresh breath of this living and loving God. What a privilege this morning for us to be here with you. Thank you so much, Pastor, for inviting us and being with you. This is what the Lord is doing around the world when we see people like you here praying together, listening to his word and following his footsteps, we have much more hope for the future to come. When we see these children coming forward, what a joy it is to see them. Prayer, the Lord's Prayer. You know, I'll take just two minutes or three minutes. I would like you to, to share with each other in your table when was the first time, when did you learn how to pray? When did you learn? And if you can think about that, also you can think about who taught you how to pray. And what was your first prayer? If you, we can recite, recite your first prayer. Just two, three minutes. Are we done? Or you need more time? That will take a time, isn't it? And it is fun because you are sitting as a family and it may not be, maybe it is a good opportunity for grandpa and grandma to tell their grandkids or those who are teenagers or adults or children, when did you learn how to pray? It could be your table prayer. It could be the prayer that is very common that I remember uh, kids praying. How do you pray the, uh, the bed prayer before going to? Now I lay my, me down to sleep. How many of you remember that? And the, and the Lord's Prayer, that is one another one, isn't it? And, and, and all those grandpas and grandmas who are sitting, I think you recalled much better than even me. You know, when you were in the church and you heard being people prayed and you tried to recite and then wherever you'll forget and it's like blah, 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 and then you'll catch up again, isn't it? 
That is part of learning. I thank you so much for sharing your own stories. This helps in our daily faith life, how to grow and, and to be mature. Lord's Prayer. I want to share a little bit background about this. Lord's Prayer is mentioned in just two Gospels. One is in Matthew that we read, and the other one is in Luke. Luke chapter 11. You have Bible. You can turn that Bible. You know, Luke 11. And Jesus, it says, the very first verse says, Jesus was in a certain place. That is very important. He was in a certain place and he was praying. And when he finished praying, a disciple came to him and he asked, Jesus, teach us to pray. You know what? Yesterday night, last night, I went back again because always I thought disciples asked. No, one disciple came and asked, but he did not say, Jesus, teach me to pray. What did he say? Teach us to pray. It's very important. He mentioned all those disciples. Teach us to pray. He did not ask to teach us to preach. He did not ask them to teach how to feed these 5,000. He did not ask them to teach, oh, help me to organize this program. Teach me how to do that. No. He asked, teach us to pray. Jesus did not rebuke him, but he went along. And my thought went, why? Why did this disciple ask him? I'm sure they saw something very unique and special in Jesus' life. What was that? Because in those days, if you read the gospel, you know, there is the story when Jesus talks about there was a Pharisee who came and what did he do? He raised his hand and prayed. Oh, Lord, I do this, 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 this. And then there was another who was there, tax collector, who prayed, Lord, please forgive me. So there was the time people did pray. And there was a tradition of prayer. And if you read Luke, later the disciple says, as John teaches his disciples, please teach us to pray. What did they see in Jesus? Jesus was a man of prayer. I invite you to read Luke as you are really going in your journey. Luke talks a lot about prayer. If you turn to chapter 3, verse 21, that is a time when Jesus was coming out of after his baptism. He comes out of the water after he was being baptized. And the text says in verse 21, it says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was open. He was praying. Chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed for their sicknesses. Verse 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. 
and go on and on and on. And remember, in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did Jesus do? Prayed. When he needed, he went away. The scripture tells us that he went away and he found a place to pray. He was a man of prayer. And that is what they saw, these disciples, they saw that the foundation of the ministry, the importance of this ministry is being with the Lord. Jesus being with his father. He went away for all night, it says, some places. And that's what they realized. Without prayer, their life will be shattered. And that is why they went and they asked Jesus, teach us. He asked Jesus to teach us to pray. The disciples saw Jesus. And my friends, place is important. Time is important. And you know where is your place to be with the master, with the Lord. The Lord is gracious and loving and kind. And he wants us. He wants our time and our attention. As Jesus was in certain place, I think we have to find our own places too. It could be your shower. It could be your golfing. But it has to be time with the Lord. It could be hunting. Some people have said, a friend of ours, he said he goes hunting. Not to hunt, but to be with the Lord in the nature. For me, it is a bathroom. That is the only place as a mom I have learned when my little kids were that nobody can come in because that is my time with my Lord and I can be in as long as I want. Dumb, dumb, mama, are you done? No, I'm not done. I am with my father. It could be your dishes, doing dishes. So many times in the kitchen, that could be your place. But that is important. That is what the disciples saw in the life of Jesus. And so he asked him to teach us to pray. So here we are. This is the prayer Jesus taught. This is the prayer that we have. And we know all by heart. But this is not God, Jesus taught the disciples to recite, to repeat only. But this is just a pattern, a model for them, an example for them to learn. If you look at the whole Lord's Prayer, it covers everything. Really, it does. And it gives us basis to pray. Jesus in Matthew, right before the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught, if you go to the verse 5, Scripture, Jesus says, this is the way you should pray. Verse 5, he said, and now you pray. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Your room, you know where your room is. 
it could be you know some people have said that i am still i'm in the crowd yet i can go to my room to pray and that's what it means jesus is trying to teach the disciples god does not see the outside but he sees your inside the pattern of lord's prayer invites us to go into that room with him to see who he is and who we are and what is around us and where the lord is leading us and how to pray and so my dear friends there are lots of different people have shared the models and those of us who were in confirmation class many many years ago remember our small catechism yes martin luther taught and still teaches us there are seven petitions that he talked about but i'm going to lead something very easy today we have five fingers isn't it yes and i think we will remember and i'm going we at world mission prayer league our team just few years ago we read a book called transforming prayer and it is written by daniel henderson and when you get time find this book and try to read that book it changed my prayer life and has helped me a lot and i'm still learning i'm still with you i'm and we are in the journey together and so he talks about this lord's prayer as a pattern but he gives us five ways for he divides into five different parts to pray the first one is you can say it loud reverence response readiness and back to reverence it's five fingers i think we all can remember the very first one is reverence it's our father in heaven hallowed be your name this is he talks about who god is when we come in prayer jesus he taught them just not coming and saying okay i need this this actually we do that in our prayer you know we come with a big list daniel talks about coming to the lord and seeking his face and then his hands not hands first we do that our father we start with that but then right away we go to our our bucket list you know this this bless this and take care of this and heal this one and this and that but here daniel invites us to come and seek his face in reverence he says our father we all are sitting here so many fathers and mothers are here you know we are not perfect but we have heavenly father who is perfect he is the one to follow everything will go away but his promises will stay forever Jesus himself says in Matthew he in 7 chapter he says if your earthly fathers can do this 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 for you even though they are imperfect how about the heavenly father you know as parents we do get upset when kids don't do things isn't it or the way we want or they they do things messy way but still we love them it's just the same picture God being heavenly father loves us so much and he cares about us and for us he is our father 
And so to invite him, to know him who he is, he is Holy One. It is very important for when we come to him, to adore him, to worship him, to, 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 uh, to praise him. We know God in different names. We know him. He is our shepherd. He is our savior. He is our Lord. When we say he's our father, Luther says he is truly our father and we are truly his children. The day we were baptized, we may claim to be his children. And it is Lent, but I want to say hallelujah because he has called us his children. He has redeemed us and we are his. And he is holy. He is mighty. And so when we come in prayer... First, we should just let that sink into our lives. Scripture is the best thing to open and just to worship him, to adore him, who he is. Psalm talks a lot about who, who the Lord is. He is my refuge. He is my strength. He is my fortress. He is my rock. He is holy one. And so when we start adoring him, God starts showing who he is and he starts filling us with peace and comfort. And so he invites us to come. He is Lord above all. Growing up in India, that was the best thing for me as a child. Reading Psalm 95. In verse 3, it says, He is the king above all kings, all lords, and all gods. Come, let us worship and bow down. Just recently, just last month, there was a big peace protest in Delhi, in the capital of India, where all the Christians, all the churches came together. And they were protesting against what is happening all over India, the persecution against persecution. And there were reporters all over, and they were interviewing people. And, and then one person started accusing another one and said, why are you leaving your Hinduism? There are so many gods and goddesses. Don't you believe in these? This person said, he was, he's a new Christian. He said, yes, I know there are gods and goddesses, hundreds and thousands and millions. But I know this above all, Jesus is the most high one. He is the Lord of all. That is who he is. He's mighty, he's loving, he's kind. He is gracious heavenly father. Number two is our response. When we come and stand before this holy one, I think we, we know who we are. Whenever I think about it, I just my attention goes to Isaiah. When he was in the temple, he had vision. Remember that? He saw God sitting above all and seraphims were singing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And Isaiah, what did he do? He cried, Oh, to me, I am a sinful man and I live among sinful people. I think when we come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. And thy will be done. When we stand before this holy one, the king of kings, the lord of lords, we realize who we are. We are not even 
the small tiny particles of that sand, not even that. And then we realize what is his will, I have not done it. I'm not able. And in that, God invites us to be able to pray. C.S. Lewis, he said, in the act of prayer, God unveils himself. And he invites us to unveil ourselves in front of him. This is what it is. When we stand in the holy of holies, we see who we are. But through the power of his blood, he makes us whole to be able to respond just like Isaiah did. Here I am, Lord. Forgive me. Forgive me. Let your kingdom come in my life. That should be our prayer. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. A friend of ours who is a medical doctor, a very successful medical doctor, but he started drinking before even getting married. He got married. He became alcoholic very soon. Still practicing his work as a doctor. He stayed in a completely different place where his family with two, three little children, wife started raising them without having much, you know, contribution of the father in their children's life. The children were now going to be in college and all. Youngest one was in high school. One night, this is his testimony. One night, he sat in his room, way far away from his family, where he was working, serving. And something, that was the move of the Holy Spirit, came upon him. And somehow he realized what he is doing is not right. And he started sobbing in front of the Lord. And nothing he could do, but he started saying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. He could not pray anymore. He just started sobbing and confessing to the Lord and asking the Lord to forgive him. And he said, Lord, I'm not going to touch this poison again in my life. The one who could not live without it. You can imagine his life. He called his wife, said, I have stopped drinking. She thought, okay, yeah, this is another one. He is drunk, that's why he's calling me. She did not believe. But the Lord worked in his life. He kept saying, thy kingdom come, Lord, in my life. I have done what I have done. Please forgive me. I'm not going to be the same. That is our response. Jesus says, if you confess, we know, we read that in 1 John. If we confess, God who is faithful and just will forgive all our sins. Number three. I'm going to. It is a request. That is the main part we think. But this is when we pray, when we come to the Lord in our reverence and then response. I think this, the Lord leads us to what to pray for, what to pray about. And that is, it is about the resource. Pray for our daily needs, daily bread. It's not the food that we eat only, but it is daily needs. And then our relationship. The Lord leads us. If we really look at what we pray for, I think those two things we always pray for. The resources we pray for, what we need, what we want, what is for our children, for family, for country, for community. 
but also relationship. Forgive us as we forgive others. That is nothing but revelation of God in our lives. That he gives us grace and courage to forgive, to, to receive that forgiveness and forgive each other. Number four, and that is readiness. When we are in front of God, when we realize who he is, who we are, what the needs are, what we have been praying for. It's not only our personal needs, but our corporate needs. Praying for Ukraine, praying for Russia, praying for places where people are suffering in uh, Turkey and Syria. All these God shows us to pray. And then we realize while we are praying, God asks us to get up and keep moving because we are standing in the battlefield. What is that prayer? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We are in the world that is full of things that is so against the standard of God. Jesus invites us all here, when we are following him, to stand and fight the battle. Because we know battle belongs to the Lord. It's not our battle. It belongs to the Lord. And he is the victorious one. And he will lead us in that victory, in that procession. But we have to keep following him. We have to acknowledging him who he is and who we are and where we are called to go. The battle belongs to him. He gives us grace and courage to follow him to stand and fight against this evil one, the fifth one. And then we go back to reverence, adoration, and worship for the kingdom and power and the glory are yours now and forever. Five fingers I would like you to remember. We have to come and worship the Lord let your scripture be open as you worship. And as we are worshiping, God reminds us who we are. And as we acknowledge who we are, he shows us what to pray for. It may not be anything about us, maybe something around us. And then he gives us grace and strength to fight the battle and then come in adoration. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the God of the universe. You are God of all of us. You are God who never leaves us nor forsakes us. You are great I am. We thank you. Praise you because we are yours. Forgive us, O Lord, because we have not acted according to your will and plan. Help us, Lord Jesus, to know you will and follow that. Father, we thank you that you invite us to look around and stand for you and for your glory, Lord, for your kingdom. Help us as we stand and go forward day to day, Lord, fighting the battle. 
We thank you because glory and honor and power belongs to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All these we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Y Church podcast. For more information about the Y Church, check us out online at thewychurch.org.